Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 121 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Matthew chapter 19 today, and our focus is on why did Jesus tell the rich young ruler to give away his possessions? Well, as of somewhere between today and tomorrow, we will have made it through one third of the year. So, congratulations, keep going. Welcome aboard to new listeners in Jharkhand, India, parts unknown Russia, Nova Scotia, Canada, Salinas, California, Scranton, Pennsylvania, Phoenix, Arizona, and Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. Our website is Bible2021.com. You can get show notes there, a transcript, and you can contact us with questions or comments. So happy weekend to you. It's a Saturday and a good Saturday. We are at the place in the book of Matthew where there are many great teachings of Jesus that we could spend whole shows covering and discussing just like we said yesterday. But our our focus today is on the challenging statement that Jesus told the rich young ruler. But before we get there, a couple of brief notes on the rest of the text. First, a reminder of yesterday's message from Jesus in Matthew 18 about humility in little children in verse 14 Jesus said, leave the little children alone and don't try to keep them from coming to me because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So as we discussed yesterday, may we remember that greatness in God's kingdom is not about wealth or looks or power or charisma or position or possessions or intelligence, but it is about serving and being humble like a child. The kingdom of heaven does not belong to those whom are considered great in the world's eyes, but to those who are lowly and those who serve. Second, Jesus says one of his most famous sayings in this passage. In verse 24, he says, Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, you might have heard various preachers attempt to explain what Jesus meant by this statement, saying something like, The city of Jerusalem had a needle gate that camels had to stoop low to get through, with the meaning, of course, being that the only way for rich people to be saved is to humble themselves. Now, that's cute. It'll preach, as they say, but it's entirely inaccurate. Jerusalem had no needle gate. Jesus was actually saying exactly what it was. It appears that he was saying that it was hard, nearly impossible from a human perspective for a rich person to get saved. And this is why the disciples kind of marvel at what Jesus said. They were astonished. And Jesus answered their surprise by saying, with man, this is impossible But with God, all things are possible, indicating that God can and will save those who are rich. What Jesus is communicating to us, though, is pretty interesting. It is apparently harder for rich people to be saved. Why is that? How do riches separate us from God? Why did Jesus tell the rich young ruler to sell everything? Well, let's read the text with those questions in the back of our mind paying special attention to the exact counsel that Jesus gives the rich young ruler. This is Matthew chapter 19, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he departed from Galilee and went to the region of Judea across the Jordan. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Some Pharisees approached him to test him, and they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife on any grounds? Haven't you read, he replied, that he who created them in the beginning made them male and female, and he also said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. 
So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Why then, they asked him, did Moses command us to give divorce papers and to send her away? He told them, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because of the hardness of your hearts, but it was not like that from the beginning. I tell you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If the relationship of a man with his wife is like this, it's better not to marry. And he responded, Not everyone can accept this saying, but only to those whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves that way because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who is able to accept it should accept it. Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray, but the disciples rebuked them. And Jesus said, Leave the little children alone. Don't try to keep them from coming to me, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. After placing his hands on them, he went from there. Just then someone came up and asked him, Teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? He said to him, There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Uh, Which ones? He asked him. Jesus answered, Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. I have kept all these, the young man told him. What do I still lack? If you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, go and sell your belongings, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard that, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter responded to him, See, we have left everything and followed you, so what will be there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, in the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sister or father or mother or children or fields because of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. So money can definitely be useful and helpful in some ways. And honestly, many of the great people of the Bible were rich. People like Job, Abraham, King David, Jacob, etc. But money, as they say, isn't everything. And there has to be a reason that Jesus told the rich young ruler to first sell his possessions. What gives here? Well, here's Pastor Tony Evans to begin to explain the dangers of the love of money. He says, you see, money can buy you a bed, but it can't buy you sleep. Money can buy you books, but it can't buy you brains. Money can buy you food, but it can't give you an appetite. Money can buy you finery, but it can't give you beauty. It can buy you a house, but too many of us know it can't give you a home. Medicine, yes. Health, no. Amusements, yes. Happiness, no. It can buy you companions, but it won't give you true friends. You can buy flattery with money, but you can't buy respect. They were paying a high price tag for their materialism. Ecclesiastes 5.13 says, I have seen men hoard riches, but only to their detriment. The cost of materialism, he says, is that God works against you. In fact, 
It costs some people their eternal destiny. You remember the rich young ruler, says Evans. His love for money cost him heaven. You remember Lazarus and the rich man in Luke 16, which says Lazarus in his poverty went to heaven and the rich man in his wealth went to hell. And when he got hell, he asks Lazarus, the poor man, for one drop of water to cool his tongue in the heat of these flames. And Abraham said to the rich man, when you were on earth, you enjoyed the finer things of life, but now the role is flipped. You were so busy enjoying earth, you never got around to heaven, and it costs you eternity. Not because you had it, but because it blinded you to something more important. There is a high price tag for materialism. Please don't misunderstand me. It's not a high price tag for having money. There's a high price tag to having the wrong attitude about money that you have or want to get, because when gold replaces God, there is a price tag you must pay. So, Evans rightly says there that it's not money, but the love of money, or materialism, as he uses the word, that is a great danger, and it would appear that having a great deal of money makes one more at risk of materialism. Now that said, it's certainly possible for a rich man to use money wisely and generously and not have an idolatrous relationship with money, and it is also possible for a poor man to absolutely idolize money and be totally caught up in materialism. One more quote from J.I. Packer with some observations on wealth and riches. When the rich young ruler turned away, Jesus commented, how hard it is for rich people to enter the kingdom of God. And he also said, what is impossible for man is possible for God. This biblical perspective confronts the view that the poor need the generosity of the wealthy as endless receivers of aid. Rather, the wealthy need the poor to learn from them the nature and meaning of the deliverance God brings forth. The basis of the sharing is when those separated by distorted relationships discover that they both equally need each other. Only Jesus Christ can bring this about. Accept one another as Christ has accepted you, says Romans fifteen seven. So, I hope the word has given us more wisdom today on wealth and riches. Jesus, I think, told the rich young ruler to sell everything he had and give the money to the poor because wealth, money, materialism was an issue for him. He had made an idol out of riches, and idols keep us from God. Therefore, Jesus told him to basically destroy his idols. So must we do the same, dear friends, with whatever we idolize. May we be enabled to destroy them. Well, let's close with our Bible memory verse for the month of May. Now, I'm going to cheat a little bit here, but I think it's appropriate, given the verses we're going to do, not one, but three verses, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I bet saying it every day in the month of May, we can learn it ourselves. Here it goes. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. May the Lord bless you, friends. Good day and Godspeed.